Every day, a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward, building wealth faster than most dream possible, almost like they have the Midas touch. On Breakaway Wealth, we'll unlock the secrets to breaking out of the herd, thinking big and building wealth on our own terms. And now let's join our host, the creator of Create Tailwind, and your abundance advocate, Jim Oliver. Welcome back. This is Jim Oliver, and with me today is Nick Costco. Welcome back, Nick. Hey, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely. And, you know, we've been talking about a lot of different things, and we had the special series with uh, Justin Kraft and Joe Pantozzi, little tribute to Nelson Nash and some of the teachings that Nelson has shared with us over the years and just, uh, you know, what incredible value that relationship was and is. But one of the things people have questions on or they get hung up on or maybe misconceptions on is equipment financing. Yeah, you know what's funny is I was doing this with you for at least a year before I had my light bulb moment with this. In fact, I think you very uh, kindly poked fun at me a few times with me disregarding this part of the book. And now I've come to realize this is the most important part. Yeah, you know, I remember talking to Nelson a lot about this section, and nobody really explains this section like Nelson did in his, in his seminar, but I think that everybody has a different spin on it and an observation, and you know what we really want to do today, we're going to do this in two parts, Nick, and we want to have people print off in the show notes three pages of the book and it's right there in the show notes so if you could hit pause if you're in a position to hit pause then print those out and follow along if you're not in a position your book or get your book out yeah that's the easiest thing to do isn't it and make some notes in your book but yeah just get your book out and look through these pages and if you don't have a book then go to createtailwind.com sign up to be in our members program and we'll send you a book and we will even do a one-on-one coaching session to show you the principles in the book and show you some other examples in the book that are really cool too. And if you're already a client and you're already doing banking and this helps take you to another level and you got further questions, and then reach out to the schedule, schedule appointment and we'll, we'll dive deeper into this with you one-on-one. Absolutely. So I'm not going to go through this page by page from page 51 on. I'm going to dive right into page 54. Okay. Now I describe page 54 as how most people sell life insurance. Now, who are most people? You know, State Farm, Northwestern Mutual, New York Life, they're selling you life insurance and they're going to, and they're, and they just want you to keep it in here. Right. One thing that I really like about this example, Nick, is that this is Nelson's nephew, right? Terry Nash, and he's from North Carolina. I think Nelson would tell you Eastern North Carolina, but you know I don't know <laughs> North Carolina well enough to know what you know what towns are in East Eastern North Carolina and what towns are in Western North Carolina. But it's somewhere where they're doing some logging, apparently, Nick. Right? That's right. And Terry, he's got four Peterbilt trucks. He's got two logging tractors, which are about double the cost of the Peterbilt trucks. And then he's got this thing that, for lack of a better term, we call a tree shear that is like something that basically snaps trees in half, basically, right? I mean, it's 
That's what yep. it sure would mean to me. Now, again, I know nothing about logging and Nelson's probably up in heaven laughing at me right now with my description there. But, but, <laughs> but needless to say that Terry is going to buy some life insurance and we're just kind of looking at it as if, you know, how would we design the insurance contract to be efficient cash value wise? And if you look at the very top left of that page, 54, then he says, okay, this is on a 30-year-old, which Terry was at the time, and the dividends are to paid-up additions. And you see that L65? That's a life paid-up at 65 policy. Now, Nelson would tell you later that he wouldn't have used that policy, okay? And, oh, uh, Terry's a pretty healthy guy. He's a, he's a preferred non-smoker. And that premium for the base policy is about $15,000, Fourteen nine nine nine, and the paid up additions rider is twenty five thousand. So that's hey Jim, that, yeah. Hey Jim, this this is great. You just already touched on a couple of things. But listen, this is just one way to skin the cat. You know that's we get right. this a lot. People call in and say, "Well, I can't I can't borrow money for the first four years, or I'm only going to pay premiums for four years, or right. hey, show me that uh, paid up at sixty five illustration like Nelson did." This is just one way to do it, and, and there, there's not to be cute or anything, but there's, there's an infinite way to do this. Right, and, and, and that's a good point, Nick. In, in the second part of this, we're going to go back and say, and we're not going to criticize Nelson, but we're going to say, what could this person, Terry Nash, what could he have done more efficiently? How could he have made right. this better, Right. And, it, and so what this shows is a total premium of $40,000. That means 60% is going to the paid-up additions and 40% is going to the base whole life. Now, why, why 60-40, Nick? Well, it's because it's going to be the, the most efficient for us. Like we want, we want cash to use right away and right. it's going to benefit us later on. So what Nelson says is, you know, the base premium is the solution, not the problem. And you know, we see some policies out there for $40,000 of premium. It might be 90% paid up additions and 10% base policy. And they use a term rider to get it there. And I would argue that if you look at year four and I put in 40,000 and my policy goes up 48,000, do I want a low premium or a high premium? Yeah, I want, I want to add a zero to that 40000 That's right. Yeah, I mean, look at year 10. I mean, if in year 10, without putting any premiums in here, my, my cash value is still going up substantially, right? What if I would have put the premium in? Then it would have gone up even more. I mean, I really would have in year 10, I would have put the base premium in if I were doing it the way I run my personal IBC policies. I would have put in the 15 and it would have gone up, say, 30, right? So That's right. the premium is the solution, not the problem, okay? But this is the way that this illustration is designed. So if we look over and look at the, the headings for the columns, we have the start date, we have age, net annual outlay. That's a really important column. Annual loan, gross interest, cumulative loan, total dividend, net cash value at the year end, cumulative net outlay, and then the death benefit, okay? So what, what Terry does is he puts in $40,000 a year for four years. 
And at that point, he says, I don't want to put any more premiums in here, at least out of pocket. Now, this is when dividends were considerably higher than they are now. And he really could just let the policy take care of itself. So there has to be, if you look at year five there, $15,000 has to be paid in this policy every year for the rest of Terry's life. But it doesn't have to come out of his pocket. And in this example, he could pay it with the dividend, but the dividend is only in that year is $6,339. So how does he pay the premium if he doesn't want to have it come out of his pocket? Well, you look at the far right column, the death benefit. And what he does is he surrenders paid up additions. That's why his death benefit goes from 1.684 to 1.651, right? So he uses the dividend and the paid up additions to pay that 15 grand because this is his net annual outlay, right? So that's zero. Okay, so then Nick, if you scroll down to year 17, notice how yep. from year 16 to 17, all of a sudden, what happens? The death the benefit, death goes, benefit back. goes back up. Right, and if you look over to the dividend column, his dividend exceeds the base premium. It's $15,634. So now that dividend will pay that premium forever, right? As long as that yep. dividend scale were still in place. And if you notice is cash value just continues to climb up there again. And then let's just fast forward down to where old Terry is 65 years old. He's got 1.517 of cash value, 2.406 of death benefit, and look at what the dividend is. It's $71,942. <laughs> Pretty good, right? right. So now this is, in, he wants to take $92,000 a year in income. And the reason that Nelson chose 92000 is he wanted to keep the death benefit intact till Terry's projected death at age 85, Okay. And if okay. you notice, the death benefit is almost exactly the same. Now, Nelson played around with this. He tried 100000 The death benefit went down. He tried, you know, 75000 It went up, and he, and he kind of played around with it until he got to 92000 He said, that's what I want to show, okay? Could he have taken more out? Sure. Look at the time of his death. He has $2 million in there, right? So – Yep. He could have taken more money out and look what the dividend starts to climb. He could have taken 92 out one year. He could have not taken anything out the next year. I mean, he could do whatever he wants to. Now, Nelson shows him withdrawing and then borrowing, right? But he could have just borrowed or he could withdraw to basis and then borrow, but he shows withdrawals, right? And, right. and so the reason that we want to withdraw to basis and then borrow is then we don't pay any tax, right? All right. So any observations or thoughts on this illustration? No, no, it's, it's pretty straightforward. And like, like you pointed out, there's just a, a lot of little nuances in there that are, that are important to hear. Yeah. And you know, we're not going to, there's, there's some that are, you know, Nelson would share even more details to this and, and, you know, we, we want these podcasts just to be informative so that you get the concept. Because if you understand the concept, 
then you're going to be able to utilize it. And if you don't understand the concept, then you're not going to be able to utilize it. So we're trying to get the concept through more than all of the details, but we do want to point out some of the details, okay? Because by the way, this guy puts in 160,000 bucks, right? And right. he pays out, if you look at that cumulative net outlay, it's a negative 1.588 million dollars, $1,588,000, Nick, right? Pretty good. Significant, right? By the way, that's why people do business with those other companies that really don't like or don't allow infinite banking. Okay, so that's pretty good. That's a that's a solid piece of property to own, and for two hundred years, three hundred years, people have been doing that. Depending on whether you're in the United States or Europe, right? All right, but remember, I said Terry was a business owner, so I want you to go to page fifty-six. This is an example of one of Terry's trucks. Now we got to remember that Terry has four trucks, two tractors and one tree shear. And he's paying. So this is where, what? This is where Nelson gets into the meat of solving the problem right here. Absolutely. I think that's, that's what's important before we're just showing you an insurance contract. But yeah. this is about being your own banker and yeah. getting that interest to flow to you instead of away from you. And it's important when you look at this page to realize Nelson's putting it right in front of you and they're gaudy numbers that show the amount of money that's going to flow away from you. Absolutely. And, you know, remember the insurance agent that's been trained to get you to buy the insurance contract and let the insurance company use your money for your lifetime. They don't know the rest of this. They stop at page 54. Okay. But they don't know anything about page 55, okay, where Nelson kind of lays out how this works. But the the part of 55 that we're going to talk about is that he is spending right now $16,000 per month on this equipment. Now, remember, Nick, forget about what his interest rate is. It's the volume of interest that is part of that 16,000, right, which is substantial. And we're going to get into that. But by the way, who decides if he can finance those vehicles. The gatekeeper, well, the, the taker, the finance. Yeah, the gatekeeper. Right? So right. if they decide, hey, you know what, Terry, you were late on your payments on this last truck, so we're going to jack up your interest rate, or we're not going to give you the loan. They can do that, and maybe put Terry out of business, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what what are some of the things that Terry's financing? Well, let's just again take one truck. That's all we're going to focus on today is one truck. So he's going to buy a 1984 yep. Peterbilt truck, okay? Now, here's the kind of thing that I think is interesting, is that truck back then in 1984 had a purchase price of $65,790. Right now today, wow. that's a Ford <laughs> F-150 kind of tricked out, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's not going to yeah, buy you, you a Peterbilt. Through. I guarantee you that. That's about one hundred and fifty, maybe $180,000, depending on how you have it equipped. That's the last time that, that, that I've had a client look into that. All right, so let's go just buy the number, total cash price. That's under number one. It's, in, it's bolded in the, on the book, in the book, not yeah. on the book, <laughs> is $65,790. Now, this guy, Terry, he puts down $13,190. It could have been a trade-in. It doesn't really matter what the down payment is, right? But then his unpaid cash price, you know, the total price minus his down payment, 
52,600. That's what he's going to finance, right? Now I'm going to skip yep. the insurance, official fees, all of that. I just want you to focus on lines six, seven, eight, and nine. Okay. All right. 52,600 time price differential. Okay. That's what? Interest. Finance charge. That's your finance yep. charge. That's your interest, right? This is commercial paper. So they don't tell us what that finance charge is and the percentage. I'm not even going to tell you what the percentage is, even though Nelson tells us, because it doesn't matter, right? Because it's the volume right. of interest. And what is the rate, Nick, that you like to say the rate is a what? The rate is the distractor. That's right. So we're not going to distract from the lesson today. All right. So the time balance, meaning you add six and seven, we're going to pay back $72,000. Okay. Now I'm, I'm going to round, I'm not an engineer, so I'm going to just uh, round those numbers, <laughs> 72 grand, right? Which means I'm paying about $20,000 in interest. I know it's 19,496. Okay. So the total time sale price is the 72,000 plus the, the $13,000 down payment, right? Okay. Okay. So we find out that Terry's just going to make 48 payments of 1500 bucks, 1502 if you want to be exact right? Okay. And it talks about late charges and everything else. All right. Now, the thing is, is that Terry's been doing this. He's been running his business, assuming that it's a profitable business, but he sits there and he thinks to himself, man, the bank's making all this money off of me. So he calls up his uncle Nelson and he says, uncle Nelson, can I take a loan from my insurance contract for one of my trucks? And Uncle Nelson says, well, you have $157,363 in there. So absolutely, you can take a loan. Then Terry says, well, can you tell me, Uncle Nelson, what that, what's that going to look like, right? Now, you guys got to go yeah. to page, we're on page 59. All right, so remember what page 54 looks like. It has 40000 for four years and then zeros after that. But in, in year five on page 59... It says 34,600. Now what that represents, Nick, is 52,600 that we're gonna finance for that one Peterbilt truck. This is just taking right. over one of the trucks, okay? And, right. and then, they, then the 18,000 or $1,500 a month that we're paying back in. Okay, so 52,600 minus 18 grand equals 34,600. Remember, it's the net annual outlay. And, and, yep. and remember, those were all zeros. So he takes out 52,600, he pays $1,500 a month back to himself, back to his insurance contract. He's paying the interest that the bank was gonna charge him because he's being an honest banker, right? That's right. Now, all he does differently is he just borrows out 52,600 every four years, year five, year nine, and so on. But let's go to year 65. What's going on, Nick? I mean, instead of having 1.5, Eight eight, or I'm sorry, one point five one eight, one million five hundred and eighteen thousand dollars of cash value. He has one million nine hundred and eighty-eight thousand dollars of cash value. You know what it reminds me of, Jim? It's it's from the the, the sisters. You know, Gary is now being a customer of the bank, and we're starting to see the difference between. Uh, I mean, he's now being the owner, and we're now starting to see the difference between being the customer and the owner. Right. Right. And if you haven't listened to that episode, go back to the page 45 episode 
go back to page 45 of your book and look at the CD sister versus IBC sister. What are the benefits of being an owner versus a customer? So now Terry is taking over some of the banking function in his life and his business, right? But let me ask you a question on this $470,000. Did Terry change his cash flow $1, Nick? No, he did not. Did he take any more risk? No, he probably took less risk. And did he work any harder? Absolutely not. But he, but he generated $470,000 of wealth. Pretty good, right? Yeah, it's like okay. uh, Kiyosaki says, get your money working for you instead of you working for your money. He's just, Absolutely. That's what he's doing right here. Yep. Now, Nelson's going to be fair. The guy has $3.1 million of death benefit instead of 2.4 back on page 54. 3.1. So his his death benefit goes up, his family's more protected, and he's got more cash value. So again, Nelson wants that death benefit to stay the same between 65 and 85, the time of his death in this example. But look what happens to the cash that he can take out of the policy for income. Instead of 92,000, after the first year, he has 125,000. Yeah, yeah. And hey, Jim, why don't you explain to the audience why, how Nelson picked that number on the left? The well, he benefit to go down on the far right, so he just played around with that number to get it to where the death benefit wouldn't go yeah. down, right? Yeah. So yeah. If he took out less, the death benefit would go up, and if he took out more, the death benefit might go down. But again, guess who gets to make those decisions? <laughs> the owner. The owner of the policy, right? Yeah. Now, look at the benefit that he has. Remember the benefit or the, you know, the net, the cumulative net outlay on page 54 was 1,588,000. On page 59, it's 2,034,000. Now, is there any negative to him using the insurance, the insurance company's money to finance this vehicle while his money grows? instead of using the finance company. Is there any downside? Not that, not that we really can, can see. No. No, there's no downside, right? I mean, he's, his cash flow is not changing $1, and he has $470,000 more, and he's increasing his passive income in his later years, right? What people yeah. in the herd yeah. call retirement. <laughs> all right. So, uh, <laughs> all right, Nick, I think we're going to cut it off there is because this is going to get really good in the second part, but in the second yep. part, it's going to take me at least 20 to 25 minutes to go through some of the, some of the really cool things about the second part. But if this Absolutely. 25 minutes, if you had never seen this or never heard of this or never didn't understand this, Nick, would you want to learn more about it after just listening to this 20 some minutes? Absolutely. We have a penchant for learning. We talk about that abundant mindset, like keep learning until, and this is what we do. When we sit down with someone, it's not a sales pitch. We're going to teach and answer your questions until you come to the conclusion, whether this is for you or not for you. That's it. Absolutely. So audience, if you want the book, you don't have the book. Again, these pages are in the show notes. But if you want the book, go to our website, createtailwind.com. There's lots of great resources there. You can sign up to even have access to more resources. You can sign up to get a coaching call. 
it's createtailwind.com. There's no sales funnels. There's no calls to action. There's no closing. There's no, there's nothing for sale. This is our passion to share this with you. So do yourself a favor, get on there and, and yeah. free. Okay. All right, Nick, anything to say as we wrap up before next time? No, thanks. Thanks for covering this. I think it's vital. Thanks for having me. And I look forward to joining you next time. Well, thank you, Nick, for being on. And, uh, and thank you audience for listening. And if you really like what you heard, share this with somebody. I'm telling you, this stuff will change your life and their life and be a good go-giver. And if you haven't read that book, have a coaching session with us and we'll send you that book as well. So until next time, I'm Jim Oliver with Nick Costco. Thank you guys for your time and have a great week. Want to become your own banker and build wealth on your own terms? We'd love to help. Go to createtailwind.com to learn more and schedule a complimentary consultation.